welcome to Creative Piecemeal Podcast, a podcast for creatives. I'm your host, Tammy Takeishi. Join me for compelling conversations with artists, actors, authors, musicians, and other creatives about the impact of the creative and fine arts in their lives and our ever-changing world. Thank you for listening. consider saving the lives of the popular wiener dog breed, also known as Dachshunds. One such organization is Dachshund Rescue of Houston. They're an entirely volunteer-based 501c3 organization that rescues and rehomes dogs through their foster network. If you'd like to learn more or to make a donation, visit dro.org. That's D-R-O-H dot org. And thanks always for listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Creative Piecemeal Podcast. I'm your host, Tammy Takaishi. Today, I'm joined by actor and musician Ben Barnes. You may have seen him in films, TV shows, and theater productions, such as The Chronicles of Narnia, Seventh Son, Dorian Gray, Easy Virtue, Killing Bono, Jackie and Ryan, and TV shows such as Westworld, Gold Digger, and The Punisher as well as stage productions of The History Boys and Birdsong. And he just recently released his debut EP, Songs for You, which are absolutely beautiful. Definitely recommend everyone go out and buy it right now. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. What a lovely intro. Oh, you're welcome. So you must feel rather cathartic now that everything's out and released into the world. Do you know what? That is exactly how I feel about it I didn't have as much anxiety going into the release of it as I thought I might it was more of a a case of uh, you know I've been wanting to do this for such a long time what is there left to be afraid of and uh, I think if you spend 20 years kind of dressing up as other people for a living I think actually just doing something that's entirely from you and um, sort of about you and sort of intimate in that way uh, it feels it feels actually very uh, peaceful to 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 be sort of putting it out there and then there's this sort of added bonus of people relating to it or, or kind of getting excited about it in their way um which is which is just like an, a, a such a bonus and I'm sure you know it takes so much to put the time and effort into making an album creating beautiful songs sharing it and being vulnerable and then to get such wonderful praise right off the bat I'm sure that feels great it is lovely to have the immediacy of, of reaction with things like Twitter. People can tell you what their favorite songs are or they can send you little videos of them, um, uh, you know, covering the song or dancing to it or ice skating to it or, or pole dancing to it um, or just dancing in the kitchen. And all those things are so rewarding. So some of my favorite songs, I mean, they're all great, but one of them is Ordinary Day. And I feel like it strikes such an emotional chord and the lyrics are gorgeous. Do you have any favorite lyrics in your album so far? Do you know what? I, yeah, I've got, I mean, I've got lots. They're sort of all like my, my little babies, really. You know, they're these little couplets that were written down in a moment of, you know, distress or a moment of joy or a moment of confusion or uh, something I overheard from somebody else or something I read in a poem somewhere. And so they're, they're all kind of peppered they're all kind of peppered throughout it. I've certainly got like little favorite musical moments as well of things that I wasn't involved with, little, little moments of, in, in Ordinary Day, there's a, there's a strings moment 
into the bridge, which I just think is so soaring and evocative and beautiful and far beyond anything I would I am ever capable of doing. And then there's like uh, my friend Hunter sings some backing vocals on Not the End, which there's just a, like a tiny little moment at the end of the bridge, which I think is so cool. So yeah, so there's there's little bits that I get really excited about, but there are, yeah, but lyric wise, there's 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 they ended up being a lot catchier than I expected. The the sort of the fact that you know I think Eleven Eleven and the Pirate Song and 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 Rise Up all have kind of like choruses that you can kind of sing in the shower, which I didn't necessarily expect to be able to. I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> But, um, you know, that's that's kind of the big surprise for me, because I've always written things that are more poetic. My dad writes uh, a Christmas poem every year about the year and sort of expressing the, the triumphs of the year and, and commiserating the the, the, the the painful things or the hard things. And I love it when he reads that poem. And, and I started doing it in people's birthday cards and things like that. Or when they were having a tough time, I would do a little poem or something. And then some of them evolved into these songs. I love that. It's always interesting to hear where people get their inspiration. You know, some people just, you know, go for a walk in their neighborhood and they're inspired or they, you know, talk to a friend and they find inspiration or, you know, just have a bad day and then there's inspiration. You know? I think when we release music, it's called, you know, you, we, what we do now with music is we share it. Um, you know, you share it to your media, or you, you know, we share it with each other and I think though that's a very sort of positive word. And I think a lot of where the music comes from is through sharing experience, sharing, you know, emotion, sharing stories. You know, uh, I, I, think, I think that's an important part of what uh, storytelling needs to be. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Can you recall a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you wanted to do something in the arts and you didn't look back? I didn't look back. That's a good question. I think when I was sort of, 15 you know I knew I sort of wanted to do something that was to do with music I was doing so many um you know singing in all the choirs at school and playing in all the bands and the jazz orchestras and soul nights and anything I could musicals anything I could do that had music to do with it I would try and find a way to to be involved with it and uh, I, I knew I wanted it to be a part of my life but I thought after a sort of few failed attempts in my late teens at sort of recording music uh, on a for on a sort of pop scale or or some jazz stuff with with a manager that I had at the time I think after that kind of you know didn't didn't work out how I wanted it to I kind of let go of that part of the dream a little bit and thought well I I can just sew music into what I'm doing on the dramatic side of things but here we are coming back full circle to it so obviously didn't let go entirely which I think is um you know, I think all those choices sort of lead you to where you are and, and the way that you do it. So, but, but I, 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 yeah, when I was 15, I joined a company called the National Youth Music Theatre. I auditioned for them and got in and I did that for about four years. And some of my best friends are still from that company. And I knew at that time that I had to at least try to make a life that was about storytelling and, and uh, sort of performing in that way. That's fantastic. And, you know, it is so difficult to make it in the arts, but then the fact that you're able to, like you said, come full circle, still be able to release an album, better late than never. And it, I think it just turned out really beautifully. Thank you. Well, that I, and uh, this is sort of like, again, a sort of little treat part of this is that talking about it and doing it at 40 is something that even young people in their 20s are thinking, well, I have time, you know, I, or, you know, 
And it's sort of about not giving up on that thing if it's not working out. Because I tried to do this when I was 19 and it just, for whatever reason, I tried really hard. And for whatever reason, it just didn't quite work out. I didn't quite know what my voice was or what it would say or kismet or timing or whatever it is. But it doesn't mean it won't come back around. And I think perseverance is such a huge part of, if, you know, if you want to be involved in creative arts for, you, for, for what you do with your life. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, perseverance is probably pretty much the whole battle right there. <laughs> a huge part of it. I imagine that touring is a future goal with your album. Do you have like a dream venue or a dream place you'd love to play? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about, I mean, I've, I've only got as far as thinking, wouldn't it be exciting and terrifying to sing these songs in front of people? Uh, I haven't really thought about, uh, you know, any, any venues. I certainly, you know, I, I don't think I think about, I don't think I think about a sort of grimy piano bar, uh, vibe trying to remain you know undercover or whatever because you know if you're going to do it everyone is sort of be brave and really do it um but I also don't imagine Madison Square Gardens in my future so I don't it's definitely somewhere in between but um I think it would be cool to do like a Rat Pack vibe it would be cool to do like a Vegas like kind of show you know that whole side of speakeasy cocktails and cocktails and music kind of vibe would be kind of glitzy that would be really neat the sands the sands that's that exist I'm sure it does if you could do any other creative art other than what you're currently engaging in you know with acting and music what do you think that would be oh I don't know I I I really like curating words so I, I I like like script doctoring so like looking at other people's scripts that they've written and kind of going through them and making the dialogue feel honest and the stories feel connected. And I love, I love that part of what you, what I'm able to do now a little bit as an actor. So um, yeah, I sometimes think that would be a nice life. Just make a cup of tea in the morning, sit down with a pile of scripts and see what stories people are interested in telling and try to help them, you know, with what I've learned about that along the way. But um, yeah, apart from that, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. It sounds like fun, though. That's gentle. So who has influenced your musical work so far? I mean, obviously, we hear a little bit of a 70s vibe, but also there's like such hopefulness and some beautiful strings along with your piano in there. There's so much stuff. I I mean, my dad used to blast kind of the Stones and the Beatles and Queen and and, uh, Elton John and all that stuff when I was young. My mom loved Elton John, so... I think there's a little bit of all of those things in there. There's certainly my Penny Lane trumpet fanfare and there's some Queen guitars and there's, you know, there's, you know, but the stuff that I love was a little bit in the back of my dad's vinyl collection, the the Stevie Wonder and the Ray Charles and the eventually, you know, some music teachers introduced me to the Donny Hathaways and um, I would find Bonnie Raitt and, and all of those kind of, you know, Ella Fitzgerald and all of that stuff, which I which I really love, and the Rat Pack, of course. So it's got little bits of everything, the Doobie Brothers, in terms of some of the horns and like that kind of slightly slightly funk element to it. So there's a huge amount of stuff. But like you say, when those sweeping strings, I think of like Ray Charles's Georgia, or so there's lots of little pieces from from things that that I love, but also more modern things. You know, uh, that. My pirate song, I think, has a bit of a St. Paul and the Broken Bones feel to it. And um, 
I think uh, there's one or two moments in some of the songs that sound a bit like uh, uh, some of the Ben Platt stuff, a bit more music, a bit more sort of uh, cinematic and uh, musical feel. So I'm influenced from all over the place. That's always good, though, because it creates such a diverse album and diverse music. Yeah, and I, then I try to sort of tie it back together again, you know, by having the same musicians play on them and things like that. So you play piano and drums, but if you were to wake up tomorrow and be proficient on on any other instrument in the whole world, what would that to be? To be honest, the answer would be piano because I don't know how to play <laughs> it properly. And the idea of just sitting at a piano and playing through these songs for people, like I feel like I would need two goes at it. And, you know, you watch people doing it with such grace and ease on, on TV, like it's a second language. But it's for me, singing is like that, but playing is not. It's more painstaking. I, I do play on Ordinary Day, but the other songs I've got my brilliant friend Charles Jones playing because he's he is a, a wizard. It's um, you know, I would I know it's not what you asked, but I would still choose <laughs> um I would still choose the piano. <laughs> that that's okay though. You know, it really does take so many years. And I haven't been playing and I haven't been, you know, I've never had a lesson and I don't really know what I'm doing and I only picked it up you know, a few years ago, again, uh, having had one lesson when I was about six and didn't like the teacher, so I never went back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that happens sometimes, you know. It does. But I remember watching your Instagram videos of you doing covers and playing piano and singing, and I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool that he does this. And then you kept releasing more covers, and I'm like, okay, when is an album coming? A lot of people kind of reacted in that way, which is so sweet and so lovely and encouraging and boying, and, and, and that's... It, actually why I ended up doing it I um I just felt like even if it's just these people that's that's enough people to make it worthwhile for me do you already have dreams about the next album uh yeah I, I have little the next thing that I would write that I would write to release I have I definitely have like a couple of lyrics of songs and things that I would want to be on it for sure but you know I would also love to do you know, I love, obviously I love doing covers. So I would love to do that on like a bigger scale with a big jazz orchestra or something would be pretty cool. And you wrote most of this album during the pandemic. Is that right? Um, it was certainly all finished during the pandemic. Yeah, it was, um, you know, a lot of the, some of the lyrics were sort of sitting about and, uh, but I think the space to really sort of marry the music and the lyrics all happened during, during COVID for these songs. Did that affect your creative process? Like, did you find that when you had more time, you were able to do more than what you wanted? Yeah, I think I focused it down because as I say, the, the piano stuff is not uh, that natural to me. So it takes me a long time to sit there and move my fingers around until it, until something sounds like how I felt when I was writing the lyric. And so it, it is, it, yeah, I'd had the space and the time and the patience to to really keep keep motivated to keep moving my fingers until it sounded until it sounded like it felt it's always an interesting process to put a song together of course yeah it's fascinating I'm sure there's a million ways to do it and you get so jealous when you read about people writing you know I don't know jealous guy in 15 minutes or whatever it whatever the famous adages are that's probably totally wrong but you know what I mean yeah what is one of the biggest surprises you've had in this last year with putting your album together I'm actually just surprised that it's happening at all, really. I uh, I think I just sort of, it's just a lovely, uh, lovely feeling that no one can ever take away that I did it. And then I put it out there and that it belongs to whoever's listening to it now. I've got this app where Spotify for artists where you can go on and you can see how many people are listening to it, the song right now. And that's thrilling to me that 
people are like somewhere in the world listening to something that you just made, you know, out of love and tears and moments stitched together out of moments. And, and now someone else is listening to it, having their own set of reactions and feelings to it. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, even if they're laughing at it going, this is stupid. I don't care. Like that's, that's uh, at least it's something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that must be so thrilling and also nerve wracking to, you know, log in and see those numbers. I don't, and because, but because they don't really, because it, it's not important to me. It, it's not nerve wracking actually anymore. It would have been, if you'd asked me five years ago, even it would have been, but um, it really is just, it is really just a lovely thing. Even if that number was three, it, it's okay. That's a sign of, of someone with a true passion for music. And also just, just sort of feeling comfortable enough with myself to do this. Once I'd made that decision, it actually helped a lot of things inside me not to do music, just kind of feel like the, the sort of most grounded, easiest, most boring version of me is enough. Before we go, one of my hallmark questions on the show is to ask guests, what does living a creative life mean to them? Oh, that's a very good question. I've never thought about before. Um, I think I sort of always relied on doing this job to keep me interesting and and feeling creative, even if I was just sort of, I think when I started out, just on a path to fulfill other people's ideas of what a character would be or what a story might be. And I think that's why this music has been so important, that it is entirely creative. And I don't know if I've ever felt like an artist as much as I do now, uh, you know, I'd have these arguments with friends of mine as to whether, you know, being an actor is being an artist. If you're, you know, if you're just sort of turning up and saying someone else's words and someone else's costume and someone else's way, you're, you, you know, obviously you're, you know, there's artistry and there's artistry and there's offering pieces of yourself, you know, cutting off pieces of yourself and stitching them into a character, which is certainly, I think, uh, very creative and, and, and artistic. But there's obviously more than one way to, to, to show up in a performance like uh, for, for a TV show or, or a film. But I think, you know, I think everyone lives a creative life. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. I, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. If you tell your, if you do voices when you tell your kids bedtime stories, if you um, go off the recipe when you're cooking dinner, if, you're, if you take a new path when you're walking through the park, or, you know, if, it, you, the, the, if, you, if you put together your own outfits in the morning, there's something creative you know, and I, so I think I think it's almost essential to human beings to be creative in our lives in some way. And, uh, you know, this is my way. Excellent. And it's so true. You know, there's so many opportunities in our lives to be creative. There are really they're everywhere. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining the show. Listeners, please check the show notes for links to Ben Barnes's album and merchandise store and make sure to check out every amazing thing he's doing from his movies to the tv show shadow and bone and of course his album thanks for listening thanks for listening to the podcast like the show have a question stop by the facebook and instagram pages links are in the show notes or search for a creative piecemeal podcast on social media and click follow for all the latest